It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Four teams remain, four went home. We're reacting to the divisional round of the NFL playoffs today on the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast. You are Locked On NFL Scouting with the Draft Dudes, your daily podcast for NFL and college football scouting. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's better than this? It's guys being dudes here on the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. We're the Draft Dudes. I'm Joe Marino from Locked On Bills. He's Kyle Krabs from Locked On Dolphins. And we are your NFL experts here with you daily to talk team building across the league on the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast with the Draft Dudes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We'd like to issue a big thank you and shout out to our everydayers. Those of you who make us your first listen every day, we appreciate y'all being here very, very much. Today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash NFL. That's linkedin.com slash NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Joe, good morning to you. Happy Monday and happy Monday to everybody except the Lions fan that Lewis Riddick absolutely roasted over his own team. Did you see this last night? No. <laughs> okay. Let me let me take you down a little journey. Lewis Riddick, January 17th, 2023. Approximately 371 days ago. Yeah. Lions going to the playoffs in 23 and going to be a real contender for the trophy when they do. Who tweeted? Pretty good take. Pretty good take from Lewis Riddick. Yeah, I'd agree. Jason Gutierrez. This is the answer to the question of why you don't actually get to make any important decisions. In response to Lewis Riddick saying that about the Lions. Mm -hmm. Somebody said, that's a very weird comment. And his response was, I'm a lifelong Lions fan. Jason Gutierrez. We aren't contending for, quote, the trophy next season. This is a ridiculous thought. So lifelong Lions fan did not like the love. Weird. That Lewis Riddick was giving to the Detroit Lions. Yeah, yeah. So Lewis Riddick, 15 hours ago, quote tweeted that comment of this is the answer to why you don't actually get to make important decisions and said, hey, Mr. Quote, lifelong Lions fan, you should have listened with Ooh, the clown face yeah. emoji. And uh, Lewis, Bravo, Lewis he's been Riddick. waiting on it. Waiting on he it, goes, huh? That's my kind of petty, man. Is it? Yeah. That's my kind of petty. Guy as good as, as what he does as Lewis Riddick is, sits on a tweet for over a year, comes back with the Lions, the NFC Championship game to dunk on a Lions fan for not appreciating love about his team. You can do no right in this space. Yeah. Lions fans uh, had a hard time believing it. I know a lot of Lions fans, right? And they're like, they're like, don't feed me, don't feed me positivity. They're, they, you know what I mean? Like it's, and I get it. It's been, it's been a tough stretch. Yeah. But uh, take a deep breath, folks. You're in the NFC Championship game and you earned it. You absolutely earned it. Um, which we're going to get to the Lions. <laughs> we will in a second here. Uh, but these this oh, divisional round started started on Saturday, right? It did. Uh, with, with Texans Ravens worst game first. 
Yeah, it was interesting for like three quarters, but you never really felt like Houston was a serious threat to win the game. Yeah. Yeah. Their Uh, their lone touchdown came on punt return, which was cool. It was cool. But this is that that's the script for this Baltimore team. Baltimore, they'll they'll kind of feel you out in the first half, and then they will blow the doors off you in the second half. They've been doing it to a lot of teams. Yeah. It was a one point game against San Francisco at halftime. It was an eight point game against Miami before they threw a bozo interception before the two minute warning and then scored a touchdown on fourth and seven from 40 yards out to make that a 15 point game. Like it was close at halftime. Big deal that it was in Baltimore, right? How many pre-snap problems did Houston have in that game? And it like, wasn't even Tunsil this time. It was every, well, it was everybody. Have, well, let's be fair. He did have a false. Yeah. Oh, well, he, yo, he's got to check his box. We don't, we don't play a Texas <laughs> game without a false start from Tunsil, but it was like everybody this time. Right. Like, what is going on? 11 here? penalties for 70 yards versus three for 15 from Baltimore. And it's not like it's not like they were picking on Houston. We're talking about pre-snap stuff. Right. So Ravens flock definitely showed up in that game. And and Houston couldn't run the ball. Right. Like, and, and they didn't stop trying. <laughs> right. Like it was like, okay, first and run every single friggin' time. And uh it was going absolutely nowhere. And Houston. They did it without Humphrey, right? So they're gonna get Humphrey and Andrews back next week. For the for the AFC Championship game, right? So that's a good spot to be. Um, one team made dynamic plays in the fourth quarter; the other one couldn't, right? Like that's what it came down to, right? And, and Houston, you know, their rush defense allowed five point five yards per rush, and some of that's Lamar Jackson who rushes for mm-hmm. hundred yards in the game. But uh, when when you give up that kind of space running the ball, and Baltimore can go four or five in the red zone as well. Just every major box that you can check as far as like the parameters to typically win a football game. You outrushed them by almost 200 yards, right? <laughs> you, you can stop right there. We're good. <laughs> you won possession by 15 minutes. Um, it, the only thing you didn't do was you didn't win the special teams element of the game, even though they did have some positive contributions in the return game themselves. And they, I don't yeah. know why anybody ever kicks to Baltimore. Nothing good ever happens from kicking the ball. Right. Duvernay's good, and they've always got somebody good and Harbaugh's special teams background, but credit to Baltimore, right? They took care of their business. Now they get a chance to host the Kansas City Chiefs next week in uh, in Baltimore. Yeah, and uh, looking forward to see how Houston takes the next step, right? Obviously, it's just a tremendous season from C.J. Stroud and yeah. gets into this environment, and, and Baltimore did what Baltimore's done to a lot of really good offenses all year long, which is they they disrupt your timing and they force Stroud off his spot. It felt like every other play, he's rolling out to his right, looking for something to get open and manifest down the field, and they just they didn't have it. And um, this is a great foundational year for Houston, mm-hmm. and and you know they should absolutely take a lot of pride with with what they were able to do this season after. I think it was 11 wins in the last three yeah. seasons combined before that. Just there's, there's no way Houston is, is hurting. Right. I mean, I'm sure they love right. to win the game, but like, bro, how, how excited are you? You, you didn't, ex- nobody could have expected this. Right. Division champs winning a playoff game. You go lose the one seat on the road. Like future's bright folks. Future's bright. So then we had the, for my money, it might've been the best game with, with green Bay and, San Francisco. I this was the game I was most entertained with from, from watching from start to finish. I don't know if I agree with that. Probably, yeah, I probably I'm, agree. Yeah, I understand if you would pick Kansas City and Buffalo too yeah. for for different reasons. 
But I guess just the the way that this game unfolds with Green Bay kind of really dominating the first half, but just a few critical errors that leave points out on the field and let San Francisco hang around. And then Green Bay comes out firing in the third quarter and, and scores 15 points. And then San Francisco getting the opportunities late in the game to try to bring it back. It just had a little bit of everything. Yeah. And Jordan Love, man, <laughs> obviously made the big mistake at the end of the game, but totally unfazed by pressure. Yeah. How many dimes did this guy throw with a free runner coming right in his face with one of the best defenses in football? It was just really, really fun to see all those young guys for Green Bay all stepping up. They did, uh, but the guys on San Francisco stepped up more, right? I mean, McCaffrey with a couple big explosive well, runs, the big completion to Kittle. They, they made the plays when you needed yeah. to. Yeah, that's what I mean. That's what it came down to, um, both on offense and defense, right? Drake Greenlaw with a couple of second half interceptions there, and you know it wasn't it wasn't it definitely wasn't the, the cleanest game played by either team, including the right. team that won it. Um, I know the rain certainly impacted things there, and I thought I thought Green Bay had more defensively in this game than I ever thought they would have. Yep. Um, but at the end of the day, like Kittle breaking free on that one long run, the two long run, the touchdown from, from McCaffrey, the long run from McCaffrey, you know, Brock able to find a couple of completions there. You know, it's it it was an ugly game, but San Francisco just made the plays necessary to win it, and they're going to host the NFC Championship game. Well, when you have three possessions to open the game, you're Green Bay. And you go 14 plays and get three points out of it. Then you go 10 plays, 68 yards, and turn it over on downs. And then your third possession, you go 10 plays, 64, and get three points out of it. San Francisco's first three possessions were five plays at a punt, a very impressive 12-play touchdown drive, and then a missed field goal. That, that was it for the half. Each yeah. team had three possessions in the first half. Yep. Green Bay moved the ball all over the place, but... They'd have enough to show red for zone, it. Yeah. And that was it, right? Like, and, and that's, you went into halftime and you're like, man, Green Bay should really be up like two touchdowns. And it, so that's why it felt like we talked about the script for the upset being you have to get San Francisco into a script where they have to throw the ball. Mm-hmm. And you kind of got into it, but you didn't really get into it because of those failure to finish drives in the first half of games where if you feel, if you put two of those in the end zone, Obviously, you you do the math. It's a three point game, and and you get an extra eight points. So, like, I get that element of it. But also, for what San Francisco is able to do in the second half versus what they actually did, because you couldn't finish the drives, um, took what felt like a script that Green Bay could get away with, and San Francisco hung around just close enough in the end. Absolute uh, uh, horrible miss kick there by Carlson. To you know, if if he makes that. The touchdown. Did you know that is splits were in college too. Yeah, I. When the head coach tell, tells the sideline reporter every time he goes out there, I just pray. <laughs> yeah, I probably reassess that situation moving forward. Yep. Okay, uh, Green Bay, you're going to be just fine. You got a dude at yep. quarterback, um, and uh, you, I mean, took this team further than Aaron Rodgers could. So you can always have uh, that to celebrate. It's going to be good, good off season for you guys. All right, we're talking the Sunday games here in just a moment, so stick with us. But, folks, when you're hiring for your small business, you want to have as many top-tier candidates as possible to interview. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help you find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. 
and hiring is easy when you have that many quality candidates. So easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. LinkedIn knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats right now and might not have the time or resources to hire. Well, thankfully with LinkedIn, the process is intuitive, quick, and easy, and they even just launched a new feature that helps you write job descriptions. So post your job for free at linkedin.com slash NFL. That's linkedin.com slash NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Our Lions. Never wrong just early, Jill. Our Lions. Right, 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 right. Detroit, first game on Sunday. Mm -hmm. And they... Uh, take another uh, close to the vest, kind of heavyweight fight in the first half. Big time drive from Tampa Bay to go down and, and score a touchdown just before halftime to make it 10-10. Huge. Dude, can we pause right there? Yeah. I was so curious to see how Todd Bowles was going to handle that. Right, Start about the 12-yard line, like a minute 30, plenty of timeouts. I'm like, brother, if you don't try to get points here, you can go to the moon. And then they start. They did exactly what you thought they do. They do a draw play on first down, right? They get the twelve yards they need. It's like, okay, baby, now we can actually try. We got twelve more yards than we thought. We can actually try to score points. Then he hits Mike Evans on the bomb, right? And it's like, okay, could you imagine if they just got one yard on that first down and they just didn't even have that drive? So like, it worked out. But you're just the whole time. I'm like Todd, and I even thought like late in the game. I bet it was like five thirty left. They're down two scores. I'm like, if Todd punts this ball, send him to the moon. And then he didn't, and they wind up converting, right? So credit to Todd Bowles in, in uh, overcoming some things that I I was nervous that he would continue. Nope. Sorry, uh, Sam plays ninety two yards in a minute and thirteen seconds to close the first half, and that included uh, the draw, and then we got the third and one, and we're down at forty one seconds at Tampa's twenty eight on their own twenty eight yard line. Baker runs for the first down. Then we're off and running, and and that a couple of dimes, yeah, to Mike Evans on that play, too, yeah. on that that possession too. Uh, but Detroit comes back and uh, felt like after the first possession of the second half, uh, Detroit found the rhythm and they they were unstoppable from that point onward. Where they they go ten sixty four touchdown, five seventy five touchdown, ten eighty nine touchdown, and that that eighty nine yard drive was the big time Dagger. drive. Yeah, you're up a touchdown. You're inside your own territory. Be very easy to go in your shell. They stayed balanced. They got their ball, the ball into the hands of their best players, whether it be it Laporta, uh, be it the St. Brown uh, the, on the third and 15 conversion on that possession for 16 yards. Feels like every time you're in third and plus plus for Detroit, they find a way to throw it to St. Brown right at the sticks and he makes a guy miss for, for an extra right. two yards and a first down. It's incredible. Yeah, he's a competitive dude. Um, early in the game, the second drive for Detroit to get the the field goal, Jamel Dean dropping that interceptions. It was a, that was a tough pill, right? If you're Tampa. Uh, and I know that like 
it's it's not why they lost the game, but what what a big momentum swing that could have potentially yeah. been. You know, they were moving the ball, you took it off, and then you know they wind up going right down the field the next drive. Detroit didn't scoring a touchdown, but it was like, and that was a softy that was right in your hands, brother. That was one you gotta you gotta make that play. There were a couple instances of that. There's an instance of that in the Green Bay game too. Darnell Savage had gift wrap pick yeah. six right in his hands. Yeah. That, yeah. Oh, no doubt. Yeah. I no think doubt. the most most surprising upset of the weekend was that uh, uh, Buffalo didn't make Kansas City pay for the the two turnover potential plays late in that game, where it was right there. Because I mean, Allen had the throw where I think it was McDuffie tipped it, and Snead would have had a walk in touchdown if McDuffie didn't tip it. And then right. later in the same possession, they fumbled, and, and Kansas City tried to scoop and score and right. didn't get it. Right. So yeah. a couple potential turnover plays uh, in at least two of these games really loomed large as far as missed opportunities for games that were one-score games. We had our, our blowout game early and three one-score games uh, down the stretch. Uh, but but that's a great point on your part as far as Tampa Bay and uh, not capitalizing on a potential mistake. And, and credit to Jared Goff. You know, they played the first half really close to this. I love Ben Solak. But Ben Solak's tweeting out updates for Jared Goff's like four yards per attempt, and the, the stadium's chanting his name, and they did it like four times in the first half. And Goff turned the, turned it on and flipped the switch, and, and some of that is because uh, there was an injury at corner uh, for Tampa as well, so they really picked on McCollum and, and took advantage of that. Mm-hmm. But that touchdown pass, there wasn't no, no luck about that touchdown pass either. That was an absolute no. dime. And their red zone possessions got a little bit goofy. They had was it Reynolds across the back line early in the game, mm-hmm. and then it's like I felt like they tried to find that like several more times. And Tampa was ready. Right. For it. It's like all right, let's do something different. Let's do, do something, something else. Different. Yeah. Okay, so Tampa you probably roll with Baker. Hope you keep Canales. Right. I mean, what's what's your financial offer for Baker Mayfield? I know that's a very large. What Daniel, Daniel Jones got forty? Daniel Jones got forty. Daniel Jones got forty. Yeah, a little more than that. Do you think he realistically gets that? Um, yeah, I do. Like he played this year for four million dollars. Yeah. You think you think there's not a middle ground? Or is just everything going to be compared no, I, to the and I, I think Daniel Jones is the middle ground. The best quarterbacks are getting 55. We got Stafford and Kirk out here getting 35. But just because Daniel signed his and he's bad? I don't know, man. I, don't I know. think that. What, what's a more harmful contract for the quarterback landscape? Deshaun Watson, 100, 100% fully guaranteed contract, or Daniel Jones for the caliber of player getting 40 million? Because if Daniel Jones gets 28, all right. these middle-tier, second-tier quarterback conversations go so differently. Yeah, I don't, I don't envy this. Good luck figuring it out. Yeah, right? I, I don't, I'm sitting here like, brother, I don't know what to say. I, I don't, it's, not, it's, <laughs> it's a tough world to live in. It is. Uh, speaking of tough worlds to live in, how about getting bounced by the Kansas City Chiefs three of the last four years if you're the Buffalo Bills? You finally get a chance yeah. to bring them to Highmark Stadium. Uh, had some great opportunities to to win the game. You led, I mean, how many lead changes were there? It felt like a lot of them. Um, but Kansas City is able to win the game. I thought the difference in that game was the explosive plays. And Kansas City kept on hitting explosives down the field. And the Bills, I think offensively, they had a, they had the right game plan against a good Chiefs defense to run the ball, 
you know, really, really work the underneath stuff and set up your, your shot plays down the field. And Josh Allen threw three great shot plays down the field twice. Trent Shurfield couldn't finish once Stefan Diggs couldn't finish. And I think you had a bills team that had to like meticulously move the ball and methodically do it. And, and they did. Uh, and then you had the chiefs that like just kept on getting explosives to really taking advantage of some injuries that the bills had in the back seven and Mahomes once again, uh, it's, uh, you know, death taxes and Patrick Mahomes playing in the AFC championship game. It's unreal, man. Um, the other difference in this game, you know, you, you mentioned Buffalo's formula to win the game. We're in 78 plays off. <laughs> yeah, they did the stuff. They, they did it. They, they hammered them. But yeah. I, I think the injuries for Buffalo, and I know nobody wants to hear injuries as an excuse, but they were already thin coming into the game. They experience more injuries on the second level of their defense. It's just hard to survive that. Yeah, and um, that's the case in point. The explosive Kansas City averaged three more yards per play than Buffalo did, in spite yeah. of Buffalo winning time of possession by fifteen minutes, fourteen minutes. Uh, red red zone's a, a difference maker as well. Mm-hmm. Um, in, in this game, you think about the what was it? Buffalo was it their first possession they got held in the red zone and had to kick a field goal. Mm-hmm. Um, and then obviously the last possession, they didn't quite get into the red zone, but they got into just that the yellow zone. Close. Yeah. It's, it's, I think they got to the 26. Yeah. Right. So um, it's the kind of stuff that when you're playing Tom Brady or Patrick Mahomes in the playoffs, you say every time you end into possession and it has to end with, well, we got down in scoring area and we didn't get seven points. You're just waiting for it to come back. And yeah. that, that was the case for, for Buffalo, obviously, uh, unfortunate missed kick. And the, the football gods can be extremely cruel, is what I would, would say, for a wide right missed kick yeah. for Buffalo with the, the opportunity that they had with what we felt is a wide open AFC. And sure enough, there's Patrick Mahomes again right. in the conference championship game at the end of the season. If you're the Chiefs, I mean, you, you got to feel like you watch the Chiefs. But, you know, like explosive yeah. plays, Patrick Mahomes figuring it out, MVS making the catches. Kelsey, you know, making plays. AJ Klein's not going to be recovering uh, Travis Kelsey next That'd week. Be a little so different it, next week. Might, might be a little bit different, but uh, yeah, nobody cares about your problems. The Bills and and, and it's, the Chiefs did a great job of taking advantage of the Bills' problems. They they run thirteen personnel all day long. The Bills only yep. dressed four linebackers. One of them's Tyler Medikavich, who's a special teams only player. And so that they, they they did a fantastic job of stressing an area of the Bills that you know they really couldn't overcome. Um, and so. The Chiefs are back in the AFC Championship game. They're facing the Ravens for the Bills. You still have Josh Allen. You've got some things to figure out with your salary cap. Um, got an opportunity to get younger and cheaper, I think, in some areas this offseason. And um, go back out there and see if you can go further next time, right? That's that's what you do in the NFL. Right. All right. The Chiefs are in the Conference Championship. The Ravens, we're going to talk about those games here in just a second. So stick with us. But, folks, the NFL playoffs, they are fully here, as you know but there's still plenty of time to get in on the action over at FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because right now new customers can get 150 bucks in bonus bets guaranteed when you simply place a $5 bet. That's 150 bucks in bonus bets, win or lose. I love the app. It's easy to use. So many different ways that you can bet, like a live same-game parlay. You can find bets in the new Explore tab. They have a parlay hub. You can bet on the spreads, over-unders, player props, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and make your first bet a layup. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. 
If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. So we know who the final four are. Uh, The San Francisco 49ers will host the Detroit Lions. And the Baltimore Ravens will host the Kansas City Chiefs. So the two one seeds indeed win their divisional games. They get home games in the conference championship. Uh, which which matchup intrigues you more? They're both awesome. They're both awesome. Um, I guess they'll start with the AFC because we just finished with with Kansas City. But like, it, it can the can the Chiefs can the Chiefs continue that level of offensive production with the explosive plays against Baltimore? And that's that's a team that has has linebackers they have corners if they get Humphrey back next week like and they can't stop the run like that was the that's why the Bills played the game that they that they did is Mm -hmm. because you knew that like run defense was a problem and I don't know like Derek Nottie's got like a triceps deal I don't know if he's going to be back next week and so I think the multifaceted ability of Baltimore in Baltimore with that defense you know I I I think it's going to be a big task for the Chiefs but you know we'll let the week play out we'll think more about it but right now I'm feeling like Kansas City's got a whole lot more to figure out in their script to win the game than Baltimore. Yeah, I um, I think for as impressive as the Patrick Mahomes cape wearing has been at times this season, he's going to need his best performance yet, uh, and not particularly close, uh, because Baltimore, I think they they do provide you with the conflict of we have size up front. Right, that's where, where Buffalo had their success. Was they they really challenged you physically and came downhill at you, and you had this physical element with the running game. And Baltimore, it's they have some of the same elements. I think it's a little different because there's the speed element at quarterback as compared mm-hmm. to kind of the size and physicality of the runners with Gus Edwards. But they got big dudes up front, just like Buffalo's got some big dudes up front between Dawkins and Torrance and Spencer. Like they got big guys. Baltimore's got big guys too. And I think they're going to be able to, to attack you downhill and, and really test Kansas city's linebackers and uh, Trent McDuffie's going to have to have a huge game. Uh, if they're going to run Lamar Jackson in the quarterback run game from design a little bit more, which you saw Buffalo have the success that they had down the stretch in the regular season and in the, the mm-hmm. postseason, just having that extra element when you're really playing for keeps. Um, don't envy Kansas City, just because I do think from a personnel standpoint, if you look at the entirety of the teams, Baltimore's in my mind has a big leg up. But the other side's got Pat Mahomes. So we'll we'll see yeah. what, what it does. Adjustments are going to be fascinating. Uh I think there's a stat on Kansas City's defense where they've only allowed like an average of seven points per game in the second half this season. And you just got done kind of working through Baltimore and talking about, well, you know, things will be a little bit tight, and then they just kind of blow the doors off in the second half. So like Two great second half adjusting teams. Yeah, I mean, I, I if I if I were you folks, I'd clear your calendar on Sunday afternoon and just sit down and watch. I'm thinking about going. You, 
I mean, the ticket ain't going to be cheap, but it, it is pretty close. Right? That's the, the biggest determined is the, the ticket. Head on over to game time, Kyle Krabs. <laughs> I think we can get you a ticket. I think get in price was four fifty. Go fund me, Kyle Krabs. Go uh, Venmo, PayPal. <laughs> right. Grinding the tip. All right. So that's the AFC championship game, yeah. the NFC championship game, Niners, Lions. And what this comes down to, Kyle Krabs. And I know that the Buccaneers had a little bit of success running the ball. But nobody runs the ball in the lines. Can they make this a drop back passing game? And then also, can Detroit go into San Francisco? You know, what, how, what, what, how can they travel, right? It's going to be a big deal for them. So I'm watching Tampa. And obviously, Evans and Godwin, you have the tight end in Otten, who's making some nice plays against this Detroit defense. And I think the way that they won, I think San Francisco can have some success with the biggest interruption for San Francisco. And you felt it early in the game was when Debo Samuel goes down with a shoulder injury. And we know how these Shanahan offenses are. We're going to spend all week game planning. And if we lose one of those key cogs of the game plan, it really interrupts our mojo and we feel it. And it happens with McVay. It happens with McDaniel. It happens with Shanahan in, in this game where they, they were kind of clunky offensively without so it happened with Slowick and in, in, Slowick. Yeah. Yep. So. Um, do you game plan with Debo? Do you game plan without Debo? And if you get him, it's great. And then he just kind of has like a mitigated impact. But I think Ayuk, Ayuk has to get more than what he got against Green Bay. And I think with Detroit's corners, as long as you're throwing with anticipation, I think they can do it. So I do think San Francisco has the same size and physicality element of their receiving group to be able to challenge Detroit in the same way that uh, Tampa was able to have some success once that game kind of opened up a little bit. Which road team do you think has got a better shot? Detroit. Kind of feel the same way. I feel ashamed to say that about Patrick Mahomes. I'm yeah, sure I, I feel stupid saying it. I feel I'm stupid sure saying it. Us hear our words, but if I look at the entirety of the team, and, you know, maybe sometimes playoffs just really boils down to who's your coach, who's your quarterback. Not a lot of the else 80% of the time is it going to matter, right? Yeah, but, like, when you say that this year, like, who's your coach, who's your quarterback? I don't know. Like, the AFC, uh, Harbaugh and Jackson, Reed and Mahomes, that's that's good on good, right? Like, Right. It's not a, a stark discrepancy. I mean, but you, if, certainly if, there's been if, more if success. Reed and Mahomes are in six consecutive AFC championship yeah. games you'd probably be foolish to bet against them, at least to, through a certain stage. Is this that stage? Are all bets off because we're in the final four? I, or do you still look back and say, well, let's read Mahomes. you got to pick Reed Mahomes. Like, I don't know. I just feel like I think Baltimore is going to have a whole lot more in that back seven defensively and a whole lot more. I mean, even with the pass rush, you, you know, this, like. This feels like it has the potential to be what Tampa's defense was in the Super Bowl a few years ago. Yeah, hundred percent, man. And I don't think Kansas City has as many pitches in their bag that they've had in years past, right? Like it's 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 a it's been a short passing game. Like if they're willing to stay committed to running the ball, they can be successful in the downfield stuff. I was there against Buffalo, but it really hasn't been all season long. I, I mean, I was the Bills game a one off, or is this the? Did the Chiefs figure it out? I think I'm inclined to think it's more of a one-off, to be honest with you. Yeah, I don't. I don't think you're going to be able to have the success against the safeties of Baltimore like it felt like Kansas City did with some of their chunk plays against Buffalo last night. I agree. 
So give me, give me Detroit. I think they can control the pace of play. I think they can run the ball on anybody. Um, their strength is stopping what San Francisco does best. I think there's there's more pathways there for Detroit. Don't you feel like the pressure's on San Francisco too? We're like, I mean, Shanahan's over the hump, right? That conversation exists with Kyle Shanahan. He's been to big stages. It's it's not all. It's never worked out for him. Like Detroit's coming in, like just to me, this loose football team that is very much together. They got a big time edge. They're going on the road. Like they have that chip on their shoulder. I think the pressure's on San Francisco. Yeah, it's a good place for Detroit to be. The question is, did San Francisco knock the rust off or not? Because they sat a bunch of guys week 18 and then had a bye. So you really went three weeks without playing. Yeah. Uh, So I I do agree, though, it's it's pressure versus experience. San Francisco being in this situation, four conference championships games in five years, like, must be must be nice. (laughs) It's. So the, 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 I do think there is an element of been there, done that, because it's not the hump. It's a routine place for them to be. But I do agree, Detroit, house money team, right? And sometimes that's the most dangerous thing. That's what Green Bay played like. Yeah. House money, right? And then you just get to the end of the game, and then the lack of experience showed up when you had to have it. And then Jordan Love makes the cardinal sin of quarterback play despite having plenty of time on first and 10. And they only needed a field goal. Right. It's a bummer. But you live and you learn, right? So, yep. Should be a great Sunday of conference championships starting, what, 3 three o'clock, the Baltimore-Kansas City kick, and then oh. 6.30 is... See, this is... Now we have to look it up. <clears throat> 3 I, and 6.30, I, yeah, you're right. Can Can we sign a petition to get all... Primetime football games to start at 6.30. Kyle Krabs. How nice was that? That game was over before 10 o'clock, Joe Marino. Brother, the second half kicked off at 8.20. I looked at my brother. I was like, dude, thank God this game isn't just starting right now. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. Sign the petition. Yes. Everybody's off work. You know, let's move the work, the formal work days to end by 3 o'clock anyway so you can work to the, the tailgate for Monday Night Football next season. Like. Lots will be open. You just roll right in. Have your neighbor come over and let the dog out for you. Phenomenal. Phenomenal. 630 starts for these primetime games is phenomenal. Yes. So uh, good Sunday coming and a good Saturday and Sunday in the books. We have some great content coming your way the rest of this week, including the Raiders uh, debrief. We forget some team every year, don't we? Uh, yes, I forget which one it was last year. I think, I think it might have been the Raiders. <laughs> and then we need to start doing them first. Then Raiders will be well. Hopefully, we don't have to do you again, Raiders. But if we do, you'll we be first. Will be Raiders season debrief tomorrow. Yeah, and then we will be getting into our uh, pitches, team direction pitches. Uh, this week as well, which is a really cool idea, which we look forward to bringing to you. So hit subscribe. You find us on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Make it a great rest of your day. I'm Kyle Krabs. He's Joe Marino. We're out of here. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 
Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.